Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. Thank God for another season. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books in the Bible. Not just one scripture, full chapters. And of course, I share my commentary while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every word of scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's grow in faith while we learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Not my will, Lord, but God's will be done by giving our lives to his son, Jesus the Christ. of Learning Bible Truth. Today is May the 19th. I am Dr. Kamala D. And for those of you who are wondering how I'm doing since I had a stroke walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I am doing wonderful. As a matter of fact, I am scheduled to go back to work June 10th. That's within two weeks. So without further ado, the lesson that will be taught today is entitled the prayer of faith and how faith works however this lesson will be taught by apostle frederick kc price who has passed away he he has gone on to be with the lord jesus i think it was february the 12th now i taught a lesson on faith not long ago but he is teaching a five-part series. This will be part one of this series. Now, I fast-forwarded the series, the beginning of this lesson, because he, he talks about a lot of things. Initially, he talks about a lot of things that are not relevant to the lesson. Straight to the point, so thank God for the options to fast-forward. But some of the things he will be talking about is is when you operate in prayer of in the prayer of faith there are no physical senses involved and he will also talk about can unforgiveness short circuit your prayer is seeing really believing what is the evidence or proof that i will get what i asked for is it possible to pray effectively without knowing the will of god these are some very important things you need to know in order for you to pray the prayer of faith. Now, he is an excellent teacher for those of you who know the Apostle Price's history. He was very well respected worldwide, not just in the United States, but worldwide in the body of Christ. I learned a lot from him, and so will you. But what I want you to pay attention to is when he share a scripture, I want you to listen to his explanation of the scripture. Okay? 
Because today, you are not getting scripture from the pulpit. And if those of you who are honest, y'all will admit that. And you have to remember, the Bible says in the latter days, people will no longer listen to sound doctrine. They will follow, and I'm paraphrasing here, they will go to churches or fellowships that saying things they want to hear, not things they need to hear, which, which is the truth, but things they want to hear. You can't grow from that. And there is a danger of you falling in a ditch with false teachers. So I want to share with you a prayer first before we get this lesson started. Okay. So bow your heads, close your eyes, or you can sit there with your eyes open because God hears you no matter what. Your eyes can be wide open. You can be lying down. You can be on your knees. You could be sitting in a chair. You can be on the toilet. <laughs> you could be taking a shower. If you start praying, God will hear you, hear you. So Heavenly Father, in the name of your precious son, Jesus, as this word goes forth, I ask that you open the minds of those who are hearing to understand and open the heart of those who believe to receive. Your word never returns to you void, Heavenly Father. I am a living witness that the prayer of faith heals the sick and that you will raise them up. And if they have committed any sins, you will forgive them. So Heavenly Father, before this message is started, I want you to put joy in the hearts of the listeners. Put peace in the heart of the listeners. Put forgiveness in the heart of the listeners. In your son Jesus' name, amen. So saints, I want you to sit back, get your pen and paper, write down every scripture the Apostle Price shares with you so that you can study them later. But I'm here to tell you, I will never share anything with you that I have not first researched and found out that it was true. So prepare to listen. Turn in your Bibles, please, to James chapter number five, the book of James chapter five. We just finished a series on prayer and how to do it. And I have some uh, other little gems that I want to add to that tack on to that particular subject and today we want to begin a series which probably I might even finish it today which would be unusual but at least we'll get started on a series called the prayer of faith now I talked about that in the context of prayer and how to do it but I want to elaborate on it I want to to be more specific about it simply because it is the major type of prayer that you will probably find yourself involved in as a Christian, the prayer of faith. And so, as I have been privileged to travel around uh, the world ministering the Word of God, and as I have been in and out of many different Christian environments and churches, it is interesting to me to note how many people still don't get it. They, they still don't they hear it, but it doesn't register. You see, there's a hearing, and then there's a hearing. And some people never get past the hearing into the hearing. You see, there's a hearing, and then there's a hearing. And some people never get past the hearing into the hearing, to where it gets down into your spirit, past the cranial cavity, past the intellectualism, 
past the academia. Got to get into your spirit because the things of the Word of God are spiritual truths. They're not academic truths. So we want to talk, talk about that. And then when I finish with this series, I have another series that I want to go right into. And it's called a formula for answered prayer. And I'm going to give you a step-by-step -step formula to guarantee you answered prayer. Okay, so that's kind of where we're on our way. So the book of James, chapter number 5 and verse 14 and 15. It says, now also for the benefit of first-time visitors here in the congregation and for those of you that are watching, by, watching me by television, I am teaching from and reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, which is somewhat different than the traditional King James. It's actually the same text, but it's upgraded to modern English usage. So if you're using the traditional and you hear some words that are different, that's the reason why. But we'll end up in the same place, okay? Now, it says in verse 14, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, I'm not teaching about healing right now. That's a different subject. But I want to just lift out of the context of what we just read the words where it says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. The prayer of faith will save the sick. So that tells us that there must be some other kinds of prayer. Or all you'd have to do is just say prayer will save the sick. But it doesn't say that. It says the prayer of faith. So that tells me there's got to be at least one other kind of prayer, if not more. Otherwise, there would be no necessity to indicate prayer of faith. Just say prayer. And so in James, it says the prayer of faith. So I want to know, we need to know accurately, what is that? If the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up as a result of that prayer, then I need to know what it is. And to use my very best English, what it ain't. In other words, I need to know what it is and what it's not. I need to know what it will do and what it will not do. So we want to talk about the prayer of faith. I touched on it, as I said, in our last session or last series, but, but again, I want to emphasize it. Now, go to Mark eleven twenty four. We talked about this before, but it's, it's, it's so important because, as I say, I run into so many, I'm talking about from the pulpit to the back door of the church, that still don't really get it. I mean, they hear it, and they shake their head, and they say, Amen, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But then they still, they don't get it. And, of course, you can tell that from, from, from their lives, their lifestyle, something that you have an opportunity to have close proximity with, you get to see, and over time you listen to them, you hear their words, you watch their life, and you realize they still don't get it. You know, they love it, they like to hear it, they rejoice in it, but they still don't understand. So my job, I believe, and my, at least my purpose is, is to get understanding. Okay? Because after you get everything, if you don't understand what you've received, what good did it do? It didn't do you any good if you don't understand it. So 
I, I am a pusher for understanding. I, I, want, I want you to understand so that when you leave here, you won't have to depend on me or anyone else. See, I don't depend on anyone to pray for me. Nobody. Not even my lovely, darling wife. I know she prays for me. I know that because I know her. But if she didn't pray for me, it wouldn't make any difference. I pray for me. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, you, you have to understand how I'm saying this, or you get offended and get your little feelings hurt. But I don't need anyone to pray for me. It's not that I'm too good that I don't need anyone to pray. I'm just too smart for that. Bible smart. Understand how I'm saying that. I, I know what the Word says because I've taken time to find out what the Word says. And I find, found out I don't need to depend on anyone else. I covet an interest in your prayers. I know people are praying for their pastor. I know people that know me and I know they're praying for me and I appreciate that, but I'm not living my life based on your praying for me. Amen. I'm living my life based on me praying for me. Because I'm like the Lord, I don't change. But some of you just might change because I've had the experience where they have already changed. Long as I said what they like to hear, they were, oh, praise the Lord, Pastor. Glory to God. Oh, isn't Dr. Price just wonderful? And then that Sunday I say something else. What'd he say? <laughs> I don't agree with that. They, you think they're going to pray for me the next morning? No. So see, I'd be up the creek in a boat with no oars. So I have learned over time to trust in Fred's prayers. Amen, because I'm not going to change. I'm like the rock of Gibraltar. I don't change. When I find something that works, ain't no point in fixing what works, brother. Uh, if that wheel ain't squeaking, ain't no point in wasting no oil on it. Just keep on trucking. Amen. So that, that's, and that's what I, I want that for you. That's why I take the time to teach you. I want you to be in that same mode. I want you to be able to stand on your own two feet, never having to depend on anyone else. Depend on you. Okay? Now, see, that's not to say that we don't pray for others in a general way. But there's some things that's got to be specific, and you can't count on other folk to pray about that. Are you following me? All right. Did I tell you till your turn tomorrow? Did you find, did you find it? I thought I'd rambled on along enough so you could find it. I, wanted, I didn't want you to be embarrassed and couldn't find it. All right, now watch it. Very familiar. I, I, I dealt with it in the, in the other session on prayer and how to do it. And... There are people who get tired of hearing it. They, they'll say, well, you know, I, you know, I heard that. I, I heard that, and, and I heard that 20 years ago. You know what? I, I'm, I, let, let, me, let me put a pause there and put your finger right there on my, and go to um, Romans, the book of Romans, the, the 10th chapter. I'm impressed to share this with you. Again, something that you already know, but just to be reminded. Because people, I hear the people will say, well, you know, I heard that. Why don't you go on to something new? Well, always stop and think you're not the only one in the auditorium. You're not the only one watching my TV. Maybe you don't need this. Maybe you're so super spiritual and super developed faith-wise, you don't need it. You do need something else. Well, you probably need to go to another church 
or watch another TV program because I'm a grammar school teacher. In fact, I'm not even grammar school. I'm preschool. Spiritual preschool. But you know, a good foundation in preschool is what sets you up for the rest of the school. So it's important. It has its place. Now, I don't mind. I, I don't need to be a university teacher. I mean, that's, all, that's fine. I'm not knocking it, but I love my son. And so everybody might not need it. See, but just stop and think you're not the only person in the building. Right? I mean, I know you didn't know that, but I just thought I would, you know, remind you about that. Well, go on to something. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got babies in here. Just got saved last week. They need to hear this. It's foundational. And there's some of you that think you know it, you don't know it yet, because you still call in the office for counseling sessions. So that lets me know you don't know squat doodly as much as you think you do. I don't need counseling. I need a little psychiatric help. Anyway, praise the Lord. Okay. All right. Now, here we go. Very familiar verse, but watch this now. Uh, Romans 10 and 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so people say, well, I heard that. Well, yeah, but you need to hear it again. So that it can be reinforced and so the reinforced can be reinforced. Now, watch this. See, it says, so then faith comes. So then faith comes. So then faith comes. So then faith comes. Well, if it comes, it must have come from somewhere. And it must not have been there before it came there or it wouldn't have to come there. Now, pick up on this. So then faith comes by hearing. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard. Oh, I heard that. It doesn't say so then faith comes by having heard because if it did, I, w I would only have to hear it one time. But it says that faith comes by hearing. Not by having heard, but by hearing. 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 Say hearing. hearing. Say faith comes, faith comes by, by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Not by having heard. Because having heard is past tense. Hearing is now present tense and i need it now okay so don't 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 cheat yourself by saying well i heard that yeah you 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 may have heard it but you didn't hear it completely none of us have heard it completely because god can't put all of his infinite wisdom in one sentence, in one word. So it's like digging for gold. You have to continuously dig and dig and drill and dig and drill for the mother load because there's so much in there, you can't get it in one hearing. It's infinite wisdom. goes beyond the intellect. So it's hearing. Faith comes by hearing, not by having heard. And that's really, that's very important. 
You see, hearing is present tense, continuum, ad infinitum. Well, you told me you wanted me to tell you something deep. I just told you something deep. You missed it. I just gave you something really deep. Did you get that, man? You know that's deep? Hearing is present tense continuum ad infinitum. You know that's heavy, girl. Come on. All kidding aside, that's very important. You need to hear it over. That's the reason why I, I am so grateful. I am so grateful to the Heavenly Father for giving me this assignment. I used to want to be different things, you know, in life, in, in terms of a vocation, in terms of a, a skill or whatever. But, and of course, at first when he called me to the ministry, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be a minister. But after I got into it and really got into this and found out what it's all about, I'm so happy, as I've said on some occasion, I would pay God to let me do what I do. I mean, I would pay him just to let me do this. Because you see, I get to hear it over and over and over and over again. Every time I teach it, I get to hear it. Because think about it. I'm the pastor of the church. Basically, other than some special occasions if I'm out of the country and or if it's vacation time, I'm basically here 52 weeks out of the year. Have you ever thought about when do I get to go to church and sit down like you with pencil, paper, and Bible in hand and be instructed and be taught? When do I go to church? You ever think about that? I'm here teaching you all the time. When do I get to go? I get to go when you get to go. I get to hear it when you hear it. And then I get to tape the audio cassette. I listen to myself. Not out of ego, but out of the fact that if it's good enough for you, good enough for me. If you can learn, I can learn. If it can bless you, it can bless me. If it inspires you, it can inspire me. So I'm always in that mode of teaching, receiving, teaching, receiving. Yes. So faith comes by hearing, not by having heard. So let's look at Mark 11, 24, even though you heard it. <laughs> okay, verse 24, because this, this is, I, I've used this terminology before, but it's so, to me, it's so apropos and it's just so awesome. Every weapon system, whether it's a, air-to-air -air missile, a ground-to-air missile, if it's an intercontinental ballistic missile, if it's a whatever, any kind of weapon system has to have some sort of triggering device. In other words, something that releases the potential of the weapon. Bomb has a detonator. There's something. Well, think of the Word of God and the realm of the Spirit. There has to be a, a triggering device that releases the power of God into my life. A triggering mechanism of some sort. And this verse right here, some people poo-poo it and put it down and talk about it like, you know, we don't know anything else. But hey, listen, brother, sister, 
this is important because this is what releases God's power on your behalf. Mark 11:24 is the prayer of faith. It also can be called a petition prayer. We talked about that. It means I'm petitioning God. Okay? Now watch it. He says, therefore, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you think that what Jesus says is important? Careful now. I said, how many of you think that what Jesus said or says is important? Uh, okay, this is, this, is, this is not Fred Price speaking. This is Jesus the Christ speaking, the head of the church. Listen, he said, therefore, I say. You know, he could have said, what things wherever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive you and you'll have it. He could have said that. I mean, and in, in, in the context of reading, wouldn't we know this is Jesus talking? But notice how he emphasizes, therefore, I say. I actually like what the, how the traditional says, he said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, that's, that's the prayer of faith. But it's amazing how many people still miss it because you know, after all, we're, we're creatures conditioned by the senses. All of our experience, everything that we've ever received in terms of any kind of perception of what's going on around us has all been received through our senses. Sight, smell, taste, hearing, or touch. So everything we've learned, we've learned through our senses. And it's, it's a real challenge. I find people have a real challenge of making the shift from the sensory aspect of life to the spiritual aspect of life because they're like oil and water. They do not mix. And many times people have, they, like I say, they hear it. And you can look at them just like when I'm teaching. Now, that's why one reason I like to walk around watch people look in their eyes and it's amazing you can look right into their eyes past inside of them and you can tell they ain't heard nothing you said <laughs> they haven't heard a thing you said there's just i don't know i can't tell you how i can't tell you how i know but i know kind of like in music with some of the musicians they have a they have such a keen sense of sound that they can hear like tommy Freeman, direct. he can hear a discord where we hear, whoa, doesn't that sound great? We, we don't hear it because you, you don't have, you don't have that, that, that aspect of your nature. It, it's not developed so highly that you can tell that there's a discord. Just, I mean, just a, just a little difference in the sound and it's off pitch or off balance, you know? And I can look into people's eyes and you can look right in them. You can look right into their, into their inner man. You can tell they haven't heard a thing you said. And, and, and with me, I almost want to cry. I really do because all I can do when I teach is go back into my own life. It's like instant replay, flashback. And I go back into my own life and I remember where I was, where I came from, and where I am now. And I want that for you. I want that for you. I want that for every one of you. Now, I don't feel guilty about being blessed. Don't, don't get that idea. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. But I want everyone. 
to experience the wonder and the joy of getting into a position in life where you have absolutely, positively, not one single unneed or unmet need. It, 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 it is indescribably delicious. And I want, I want that for everybody. But there are steps to take that get you there. And first of all, you have to know what the step is. Then you have to know how to take the step. And then you have to know how to recognize what the step produces so that you don't run over it thinking you missed it. Well, I didn't feel anything. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel nothing. Well, that's where you've got to get to the point where you get past that. Feelings are wonderful. Emotions, feelings, they're, they're, they're wonderful, they're normal, they're natural, they're real, but they're not good enough to base your life on. Faith is what runs the universe. And faith is the triggering mechanism that allows you to get into the kingdom of God. And this is the prayer of faith. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you do ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Or as the tradition says, what things soever you desire. What things soever you desire when you pray. Now again, to reemphasize, it says when you pray, 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 when you pray. When you pray, the reason you have to do it when you pray is because if you don't believe that you receive it when you pray, God can't hear it ten minutes from now. See, God can only hear you now. See, we have a tomorrow. Many of us are planning to go to work tomorrow. Or some may be starting on their vacation tomorrow. So that there's something they're going to do tomorrow. God doesn't have any tomorrow. That, that's what, that's what we, you have to understand. Then you can really understand when he says, what things will you desire when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, when, when, when you pray, believe you receive them, when you pray, believe you receive them, when you pray, believe you receive them, when you pray, because you will understand that's the only time that God can hear my prayer is when I pray. He can only hear me now. Ten minutes from now, God can't hear me. He can only hear me now. See, we, we, we are creatures circumscribed by time. Time is important. Time is important to us. Because, see, every second that ticks by, we are moving that much closer to our departure from this physical realm. You're not gaining more life daily. You're burning up life. You're using up life. And you can't get it back. I can get another car. I can get another suit of clothes. I can get another house. I can get some more money. But I can't get any more time. It's gone forever. Forever. It's gone. So I have to make hay while the sun shines. You understand that old expression? I got to do it now. So, Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, what, what, what things soever you desire when you pray. 
So I know that my desire or the thing that I want or the thing that I need, it has got to be expressed when I pray. That's what's going to launch the missile, as it were, when I pray. He said, what things whatever you desire, or therefore I say to you, whatever things you have, when you pray, believe. 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 Not before you pray, believe. Not after you pray, believe. Not when you feel it, believe. Not when you see it, believe. Not when you understand it, believe. When you pray, believe. Believe. When you pray, and when you pray is always now, present tense, see again. Because that's when, that's when God can hear it. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, believe you receive it, because God can't hear you next week. See, only we have next week. God doesn't have next week. God only has now. If you uh, read the Bible through, even from Genesis to Revelation, even in the Old Covenant, you'll, 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 you'll constantly hear God saying, as he speaks through the mouth of his prophets, you'll hear him talking about the fact, I am this, I am that, I am the other, I am, I am, I am, I am. You don't ever find God saying, I was, I used to be, or I will be someday, but he always says, I am, and I am is present tense, that's why he says that. He said, I am. He, in fact, he, in one place he said, I am that I am. Now, what, what kind of talk is that? I am that I am. Wow. I am. See, I am is present tense. I will be, that's tomorrow. I was, that's yesterday. God said, I am. And then Jesus, his son, when he got here, he picked up on what his daddy said, and he started telling everybody, I am. I am the first. I am the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the bright and morning star. I am he who has come in the name of the Lord. I am the door of the sheep. I am the shepherd of the sheep. I am present tense. So he says, when you pray, believe you receive. When you pray. Now, that gets difficult for us because, as I said over there, we're creatures bound by sensory stimuli. And we're so accustomed to feeling, seeing, tasting, hearing something that it's difficult just to kind of like jump out there where it's like there's nothing out there. But there is something out there. In fact, what's out there where you're going to jump is actually more solid than where you're standing right now because where you're standing right now is not actually solid. It only seems that way. So we, we're, we're, we're so accustomed to this that it's difficult for us to, to jump. People talk about taking a leap of faith. And that's the best leap you can take. Because that's where reality is. Why? Because that's where God is. Now, how do I get there? Well, the triggering device that gets you there is this prayer of faith. See, God is a God of order. He has procedure, protocol. 
And when you operate in procedure and protocol, you get results. See, everybody thinks God's just a whimsical old man with a big long beard with nothing to do but sit around heaven all day. And, you know, and he's just like some big cosmic bellhop or some, you know, sky cap. And we just ring the bell and here comes God. That's what he wants, you know. And, and, but God is a God of order. Everything God does is orderly. Timely and orderly. Precision. I mean, just think about it. The earth and the other eight, or sometimes nine, as they want to say, plus one, ten, but whatever the nine planets that revolve around our sun, they're just, it's amazing. Just think, year after year, think about it. Year after year, century after century, these great big balls, looking like they're hanging out there with nothing under them, no strings attached holding them up there, just out there in the middle of nowhere, and they're all moving, all at the same time. They're spinning, and then they're moving around the sun at just the proper distance at all times. That's precision. If the earth moves out of its orbit too close to the sun, talk about french fries. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, and you won't be getting a Coke with me. <laughs> It'll burn us up. Too far the other way, freeze us. Incredible. Incredible. God got this thing set. It's precision. We can breathe the air. And it's amazing to me. We're flying in, our, in Air Faith One up at 43. The other day we were at 43,000 feet. And I was looking at the, the temperature gauge. 71 degrees below zero. 71 degrees below zero. And the sun is shining just as bright. In fact, brighter at 43,000 feet than it is down here. Because there's nothing between your eyes and the sun. Because there's no junk in the air at 43,000 feet. And that sun is just as bright, and it's 71 degrees below zero. Precision. So when it comes to interfacing with God, we've got to do it in an orderly fashion. The key is right here. Listen, listen. That's why I love, I love to go over it. I don't, I don't ever get to hear enough of this. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you ask or what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. All right. Now, God, I said, can only hear you now. Because God only has now. He, he lives in one eternal now. He doesn't have any yesterdays, tomorrows. He doesn't have any birthdays. There are no clocks in, in heaven, no calendars, nothing. God just lives in one eternal now. I mean, it's difficult for us to see it because we're bound by time. And that's what makes it difficult. You've got to move out of the time realm, the sense realm, and get into the faith realm. And it's amazing. It seems like it's just such a mystery and like it's just so, so big and so difficult. Trust me, it is so easy. In fact, when you make the step over into it, you will say, what in the world took me so long to get over here? You have to be willing to let go of what seems so familiar to you. You just got to let it go and go with God. And then you, then you move into what life is really all about. Life is not about struggle. 
But that's what most people are going through, is struggling. I mean, they're just existing. Day by day is a struggle. Man, you have to retire from struggles. Here's the way you do it. All right, let me get back. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Now, that's the prayer of faith. When I pray, it's like squeezing the trigger or detonating the bomb or whatever. I'm starting a reaction here. I start the reaction. It's a chain reaction. I start it, first of all, by my words. Secondly, by an action that's followed and that's consistent with my words. That's how faith is released. By words through your mouth. That's how it starts. And then it's followed immediately by whatever action physically that you can do that corresponds with what you said with your mouth. Because sometimes circumstances and situations will dictate what you can do from a physical point of view. Like, like, like I'm believing for, I'm believing for a new car. Okay, I really believe I receive. That's my desire. What things do you desire? I believe I receive a new car. Okay, what, what, what can my action be? Nothing I can do. I'm just, I'm believing God for the car. I don't have, a, I don't have any money, you know, the money, cash money to buy the car. And so I'm believing in some kind of way, supernaturally, God's going to provide it, whichever it might be by a job, might be by somebody buying me the car. It, there's a multitude of ways it could possibly come, but I don't know how it's going to come. So what's my physical action? Well, your physical action is get in that junky, beat-up, broken-down garage you've got and clear all that junk out because if the new car came today, you couldn't get it in the garage. There's your act of faith. Get the place prepared for that new vehicle. And wheels are coming in soon. You've got to have a place to put it. You couldn't get any more clothes in that raggedy closet you've got. got so much junk in there now you haven't worn in 25 years. And some of you got stuff in there you can't even wear. But we won't go there. Hallelujah! We won't go there. But you know, why you still got it in there? You ain't, you're not going to wear it. Get it out. Get it cleaned up. Get it ready for your new stuff. Coming in there, got to have some room. Well, those are not in everyone's situation. It'll be something different. But that's just an illustration of the kinds of things. If I really believe that I've received what I've asked God for, I've got to prepare for it because it's coming. But you couldn't get it in that closet. You got so much junk in there. If they delivered it today, two seconds after you pray, you couldn't get it in your house. Couldn't get the car in the garage. You got so much junk in there, you've been saving up for the last 20 years, you, the new car won't fit in there. Too much stuff. Well, that's your act of faith, see? And then every day you go out there and look in that garage, you see a little leaf that has come up under the garage door, clean that leaf out of there. You don't want that leaf to get on them new tires. I'm serious. That's the way... That's how you can do it, see? And, and there's, you know, a multitude of things you could do, but you have to find out, what do I need to do? What's my act of faith? See what I mean? What's my act of faith? What's my act of faith? All right. Now, so he says, when you pray, believe you receive. Now, I said this before when we talked about prayer and how to do it, but I, need, I want to reemphasize it. He says, when you pray, believe that you receive. Now, if you've done that, then the most logical thing would be for you to say that. Well, what, what were you doing in there? I, I, you know, I didn't hear much going on in the room. What were you, I was praying. Oh, you were? Well, what did you pray about? Oh, I prayed God. I believe God for something. So you could say it. See, I believe that I have received. So I'll say that. So I'll say, Father, thank you. I believe that I have received it. Now, that's a confession of faith. That is not a confession of physical fact. That's not a 
physical fact, it's a faith fact. See, your physical facts are based on your perception through your sensory mechanisms that are located in your body that determine that's what it is. Faith facts are based on God's word. What did, what did God say? And then just base it on that. Base it on that. All right. He says, when you pray, believe you receive. And then he said, you'll have. As I pointed out in the other series, if you believe you receive, then you can't pray about it again. You can't ask God for it again. Because if you ask for it the second time, you're saying you didn't believe you received it the first time. You have compromised the principles and they will not function. You've short-circuited the system. It'll shut down. Circuit breaker will go off. Everything will stop. Because, see, if you really believed you received it, there wouldn't be any need to ask for it again. You only can pray once and be in faith. Listen to what I said. You can only pray once and be in faith. If you pray the second time for the same thing, you have erased the first prayer and you're back at the beginning again. If you pray a hundred times, you have erased 99 times. You're back at where you started before. And if you don't get it together soon, you could die before the power is released to what you may need it for because you're not in faith. You got to get that. So you can only pray one time. And be in faith. Because he said, what things soever you desire, or when you pray, believe you receive them. Now, another thing people miss it, the only thing you're going to receive or shall have is what you believe when you pray. So if you didn't believe you received anything, that's why you don't get anything. See, he said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, T-H-E-M, them, them. Believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Them what? Them things that you believe that you receive when you pray. So if you don't believe you received anything, that's what you're going to shall have. Nothing. Zilch. Zero. See, I get simple, but boy, that's amazing how people miss it. He said, what things wherever you desire when you pray. That's now. God always has to be now. When you pray, believe you receive them. See, he didn't say see that you receive them, know that you receive them, understand that you receive them, feel like you receive them. He just said believe it. Just believe it. Just believe it. Well, you know, if, if you, you, every day you're believing somebody's word about something. I mean, you stand on the corner waiting for the bus. Stein says bus is at 5 p.m. You're believing somebody. You're standing out there in the cold waiting for the bus at 5 p.m. Why? Because somebody told you the bus will be there at 5 p.m. The sign said it. Right? And we do it every day of our lives. We're taking people at their word. Now, here is my challenge to you. If you can believe me, why can't you believe you? Your word ought to be more credible than my word. As good as my word is, your word ought to be better than mine. If your word's not better than my word, you've got real serious problems. And that's why things won't work. So if you believe in your words, then you'll say what you believe. Praise God, I believe I received my 
whatever it might be, I believe I receive. Therefore, God said you shall have. Now, see, shall have is future tense to when you pray, because when you pray is present tense, always right now. When you pray, believe you receive, and you shall or will have. The will is future, right? Now, future could be one second future, one minute future, one hour future, one day future, one year future to the time that you pray. But I believe I receive. So that is a settled deal. I can't pray about that anymore. I can't ask for that anymore and be in faith. Because if I ask for it the second time, it's like taking a gigantic eraser and erasing the first prayer I prayed. So it was like I just wasted my time praying that first prayer. Because I just erased it by praying again. Because the very fact that I prayed again is indicative of the indicative. I didn't believe I received it. Because if I really, I really had received it, would I pray again for it? I mean, if you asked me for this Bible and I handed you the Bible, would you pray and ask me for it again? No, you why? You already have it. Yeah, you have this one by type, but you have to believe that in reference to the things of God. I have to believe I have it, even though I can't see it. I have to believe I have it. I believe I have received. Yeah, but I don't see anything. I know it. Because if you see it, you wouldn't need any faith. If you see it, you wouldn't have to believe it. You'd know it. Now, I want to show you something. I want to show you something right now, just to show you how important this is. How many people in here consider yourself to be an honest person? Would you raise your hand? You consider yourself to be an honest person. Okay, fine. Okay, I want to ask a question. I'm just going to use this one section right here. Because this is the elite section of the congregation. I can tell that. I can tell that. These are the people here. Okay, watch this now. Watch this now. It's not a trick. This is, I, just, I, wanna, I wanna illustrate because sometimes the reason we miss stuff is because we think we're so sure that we stumble over ourselves. And then we get embarrassed because we missed it. And because we're so concerned about what somebody else is gonna think, we never make the correction. So we just keep going on in the same old vein, defeat. So I, I ask the question, how many of you consider yourself to be an honest person? Fine. All right. Here's the question. How many of you in this section believe without any shadow of doubt that the pastor of this church, Dr. Frederick Casey Price, is standing in front of this section right now teaching about the prayer of faith. Hush. Put your hand Put your hand up. Come on. Come on. It's not a trick. Put your hand up. You'll learn something. See, some of you, you lying things. Put your hand up. You believe I'm standing here teaching you. Hold your hands up. Keep your hand up. Now, now, in this section, keep your hand up. While you have your hand up, turn around, keep it up, turn around and look at the other people in your section. That's once you see that there are other people that agree with you. Now, thank you. Now, the majority is always right, right? Wrong. Now, see, I ask a simple question. That's how, that, that's how you take tabs in knowing people are not hearing. See, I ask you, how many of you believe that I, the pastor of this church, that I'm standing here in front of you teaching on the subject of the prayer of faith? And you raised your hand and said you believe it. 
Okay? Now, th that, that goes to show you. That's not to put you down. It's simply to help you to be able to rise up to a higher level. How many of you here that are honest people can see me standing here? Okay. Now, if you can see me standing here, then why would you have to believe I'm standing here? <laughs> you don't know that I'm standing here. You only believe it. See that? You see that that wasn't designed. That wasn't designed to trick you or put you down. It's just to let you know how far we still have to go. See, just when we think that's why people are missing it. See, I ask a question. I mean, if you believe you can't see me. Understand and always remember this: whenever you can see it, you need no faith. Faith is never involved with what you can see. Never. If you can see it, you don't need any faith. That's right. Faith only deals with the unseen. Now when I say see, I want to take it to its extremity. Perceive with your senses. If you can visually see it, smell it, taste it, hear it, or touch it, you don't need any faith. Faith never has anything to do with what you can see, smell, taste, touch, or hear. Faith only deals with what's not seen or what's not perceived by the senses. See that? But see, everybody's just so sure. Oh, I heard, I know that. I'm not right. And folks, just as honest as they could be. And that's exactly how they're missing God. Because they're not listening. But I'm listening because I'm out of time. Saints, I hope you were blessed by episode number one. And remember, I said this is a five-part series. This is just episode number one. Now, I know that Apostle Price could be very repetitious and he emphasizes enough, but that's his, teach, his teaching style. And But I'm here to tell you, he knows what he's talking about. I learned a lot from him over a 30-year period in terms of faith. He's a faith teacher. You know, a lot of us are given the gift to teach, but to teach in part in certain things. That was his gift. If you want to learn about faith, you listen to Bishop uh, or Apostle Frederick Casey Price. I was about to say another bishop that I listened to. But I hope you were blessed. Remember, I hope you wrote down those scriptures. Look at those scriptures. And remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's one of the reasons we walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you can see something, you don't have to have faith for it. Why would you believe for something you're looking at? And you already have. So I need you to remember that. But most people stumble because they base their beliefs and faith on what they see. And that's a no-no. That's why a lot of people fall. A lot of people fall. Had I based my faith on my condition when I first had that stroke, it's no way I would be healed today. It's no way. If you see me today, and compared to when I first had that stroke and was hospitalized for a month, you would be in awe of what God can do. And with that said, I say to God be the glory. So I will be airing part two this Friday. Remember, this is part one of a five-part series entitled The Prayer of Faith. So until next time, I want you guys to continue to walk by faith. 
I don't care what it looks like in your life. I don't care what's going on in your life. You have to have your faith in God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't have the word of God, you don't have faith. And you wonder why scripture is so important. If you follow these scriptures, you can't be deceived and you cannot be led astray. So stick to the scriptures. Okay, saints, peace out. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode, please send your questions or comments to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com or you can send me a direct message through my podcast by clicking on the message button located on the homepage of all my podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public to submit your remarks. I should note that you must be a follower of my show to submit a voice message. So don't forget to hit the follow button. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing the homepage on my podcast and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated and used to help further the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am praying for God to give you a return on your donation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. That is the English Standard Version. God will give you a return on your gift of love. As long as you sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart. Now, until next time, brothers and sisters, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Continue to walk with Jesus, my saints. I thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.